Welcome to episode one of the Grey's Anatomy After Show podcast for season 17. Coco is going to explain it all. I have to tell you guys how excited I am about this. I love Grey's Anatomy. I've been watching it endlessly. I've seen the entire series more than six times. I I grew up on this show and the characters you can say are my family. They are my people. They really are. Um they set the bar for the type of woman I am. And this is all of the women on the cast in any way. Um, they helped with my decision making, career choices, just being assertive. I, I can't say anything other than positive things. The only bad thing I can say about Grey's Anatomy was the musical episode, which was unnecessary. Don't ever do that again. Um, but every single other thing about this show, they broke barriers. When have you ever seen a female lead that is dark and twisty? Okay. At this time, I want to mention to you guys, it's very important that I say this. When Grey's Anatomy became Grey's Anatomy many, many years ago, this is now like what we're in 17 years. Um, there weren't any women on television that were dark and twisty and suicidal and sleeping around. That didn't exist. It wasn't a thing. It was more, you you would see these housewives or like these perfect prim and proper women that have these great jobs and they, you know, it just wasn't a norm to see what women really go through. They touch on topics of rape, sexual trafficking, uh, murder so many different scenarios and situations and they try to keep it as true to life as possible and they do that by working um with surgical teams and working with real doctors real um psychiatrists and they have them on set directing them and helping them out and that's one of the things i love about Grey's anatomy they have a wonderful attention to detail um the acting is out of this world. Even the extras that are acting, their scenes are so beautiful. And I pray heavily to be on at least one episode and walk and work alongside Meredith Gray, Ellen Pompeo. I must, I must. Um, so if you're here, you must know that you watched the episode last night. Um, it was such a wonderful comeback. It was a crossover event because they had Station 19 at 8 p.m. and then two hours of Grey's Anatomy. What a comeback. They did it. They definitely did it. They attacked COVID-19. Um, they wanted to really pay homage to all of our first responders and the people that are literally saving all the tiny humans that they can and the big humans. Um, it was tough to watch because we're living it, but it was also enlightening and it, it gave me another side, if I'm being honest, because I didn't know you don't get to see what the doctors go through, you know, and, and I'm afraid of hospitals. I don't like, I'm not a fan. Um, 
But every time I watch the show, I feel like I can do it. I feel like if I wanted to, I can go to school and I can be a Miranda Bailey. I can be a Meredith Grey. I can be a Christina Yang. And so many young girls and men, people have to see this show. It's inspiring. And you're going to be able to relate to someone. The cast is, is for everyone. There's always going to be someone that makes you cry, someone that's going to make you laugh, someone that'll make you question something. And it's the kind of show that we're going to need for the rest of our lives for, for time and time again. I hope that it doesn't end at least until season 20. If they do want to end it, please give us until a, a nice 20. It would be a good see. 20 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. That'll be amazing. Um, also, it'll give me some time to get over there and get on set with you guys and have a shot at at least a full season with you guys. I genuinely know that I am meant to be on that show with you guys. So I'm going to try. Uh, but for now, we're going to talk about it because I can watch it over and over and I can talk about it over and over. And I know there are people out there that feel the same way. Uh, so let's jump right in. Before I even touch on Grey's, I want to mention that it's important um, if you are a fan of Grey's to watch Station 19 because they do a lot of crossover events and Station 19 is very good. Um, it still hasn't reached the point for me personally where I want and yearn to watch it or where I wholeheartedly relate to any one of the characters but I'm sure I'll get there. They just need to do maybe a tiny bit better with the writing and not leave it so much on the surface. It feels very on the surface to me. Um, for example, uh, I want to talk about, I don't, look, see, I'm having a complete brain fart. But the main character, she finds out that her mother is actually alive. I believe her name is Andrea. Yeah, it's Andrea. Jania uh, Lee Ortiz. I had a brain moment. I'm so sorry. But she finds out that her mother has been alive. And she's now a full-grown adult, a firefighter. Her father passed away. Her mother's been in hiding for over 20 years. Literally had no reason whatsoever. The only reason was that she didn't want a child and she resented the child. I, I believe that it would have been refreshing on television and so good to see if maybe they did use that excuse, but say it was postpartum. Because postpartum is an issue that so many women, um, so many mothers new mothers have to deal with this situation and um it could have really touched on that if you're wondering what postpartum is uh this is a depression a major depression and it includes symptoms of insomnia loss of appetite uh irritability difficulty bonding with your baby and you know, a lot of situations for many women have people resent their children. They don't want to be a mother. They end up hating themselves. It's it's a very weird situation, but it is a 
serious disease and it's extremely common. And a lot of women receive these diagnoses and hmm, they could have added that into the show and they could have maybe connected it in a way where you can sympathize a little bit more with the mother. Um, but to counteract with that, I also want to say that I appreciate that there was no other reason because usually it's the man that leaves the family. It's not the woman that leaves the family. And whenever a man leaves a family, it's like, eh, you know, it's expected almost because it's in the history of time where men just don't parent the same as women. But I like that they did this with the woman. She didn't have a valid excuse except for I just didn't want to be a mom and I couldn't do it. So I picked up and left. And I'm sorry now. But like, where does she want to go from now? Does she want to build a bond? What does she want to do? It was very weird for me. I, I think they could have elaborated a little bit more. But now let's jump on to Grace. Um, Grace for me was it started off. I, I believe I teared <laughs> initially just from excitement and um, I was irritable. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, but I did know that they were tackling COVID-19. The attention to detail was phenomenal. If you noticed on um, their outfits, on everyone's uniform, they had like a really large ID with a picture of themselves on it. That was really good because you'd notice that they're all wearing masks and they have to wear masks 24-7. So now when someone comes to the hospital, they're already a little nervous and they're feeling, you know, out of body. So to be able to see their doctor's face, at least on that card, is really good. I feel like that's something that is probably done in a hospital. I'm sure it is. Um, so I really liked that. Um, they really did well with the whole six, like separating and not being too touchy. I didn't witness any kissing and not too much hugging, um, which they can get away with, of course, because they are in a hospital setting. Um, then you get to see the anger and the frustration of not having um, masks delivered and seeing the doctors actually break down and how they have to deal with so many deaths happening at a rapid pace. And one of the moments that I remember is when Schmidt um, is visited over in the like the outside pit by his ex-boyfriend and he feels desensitized by already calling out and having to tell a hundred different patients that they lost someone. He has had to tell a hundred people in one day that they lost someone. And we sitting at home or anyone who's not a doctor and not a nurse and not in that environment, can you really fathom what it would be like to go up to someone a hundred times and tell them that the love of their life or their kid or their uncle, their aunt, their grandmother, their sister has died, I wouldn't be able to, not a hundred times. And then you start to feel like a hundred is not even a big number because you're doing this every day and some days is a thousand, some days it's 2000. So they kind of gave us that insight. Um, 
which was really important. They also stressed how you need your rest and your sleep. Um, I noticed that too. I, I really loved that. But off of that and on to the acting, um, as always, the acting is phenomenal. I don't have another word to use be- beside that. Um, you notice, I want to jump into Maggie really quickly um, because Maggie's storyline for me never matters. And I'm waiting for something really good for her. She needs a moment. Like she needs a serious moment where we can fall in love with her because personally, she has not captured me in any form or fashion. I did not like her with Jackson Avery. I don't like the way she talks to absolutely anyone. And she has this entitlement or this way of being where like she's almost kind of above people and I don't know. There's just something about her that I haven't been able to nail down, but I, I I see that she's now in a relationship. So maybe this will ground her and show a different side of her. Also, I like, I love that they paired her up with this gentleman um, who is her friend from the past. And um, he's, he seems so far really good for her. Um, but he says, I love you. And he says, I love you really quickly as he's hanging up the phone while they're FaceTiming, which is showing you that their relationship is still going from where they left off. And Jackson walks in and he walks up and catches the I love you part and kind of says something about it. So it lets you know that he's over whatever they had. So is she. They've moved on, which I'm very happy about because I was never a fan of Jackson and Maggie together. It was just not a thing for me personally. Um, But then we can jump on to Hughes and Jackson. And this is a funny scene. Hughes goes to surprise Jackson at his home (laughs) and he opens the door with his and April's toddler um, while he's holding her. And she has Hughes has nothing on underneath her red coat. Um, So she pretty much popped over for a nice sexy surprise. And I'm a little confused because I'm wondering, are they officially dating? What is going on? And I'll get to why I feel that way and why I'm questioning it. Um, But she then notices that she doesn't want to play the stepmother role. She just wants to date and have a good time and be with Jackson. But He has a plus one who's going to be tied to him forever. So I I don't think they're endgame. I think they're a good fluff for the moment. Um, But you know where this takes me? It now takes me to Joe because she's still dealing with the aftermath of Karev. So she walks in to preposition Jackson for sex. And I thought that was fantastic fantastic um she wanted somebody that she trusts she wanted to get over karev she didn't want it to just mean nothing um and i feel like it is a definite compliment to jackson but it confused me because isn't jackson you know with hughes what are they that joe felt confident enough to say who cares about Hughes and him and I'm just going to do this because I need a favor. Um, 
that was a little weird for me, but I'm wondering, are they trying to see how the people, the audience, as in us, feel about them two together? The minute they kissed, I didn't like it. I'm not here for it because I don't know. Maybe I'm just jealous. <laughs> maybe I just want ja- Jackson to always be with April Kepner. And they should find a way to make that happen. They should really find a way to make that happen. Because I just, there is no one else that has a really bomb chemistry with him. Absolutely no one. Because it definitely wasn't Maggie. Anywho, uh, Joe and Jackson then... (laughs) she ends up not being able to do it because she's still not ready. And that is fine. But Jackson was also the perfect gentleman. And he had like charcuterie tray sitting there waiting with some Kenny G music and wine glasses. And he was whining and dining her. He thought it was definitely a date. But I believe also that he respects Joe. And that's kind of what you get to see. You see the kind of man that Catherine Fox raised. And you see why Joe felt so confident to even preposition Jackson for this because who else would she have said this to I can't even think of another person um hmm I don't know I want to know what you guys think I definitely want to let you know that in my website for anchor uh, where you can see all of my podcast information you can send me messages so I thought it would be cool if you send me what you thought about the season in leave me a voicemail on the anchor website and I will play it in my next podcast before I start the after show for season for episode two so definitely send me your messages let me know what you think about the episode um so far I am gonna take a quick break give you guys a little ad here and we'll be right back with the Grey's Anatomy after show for episode one And I'm back. Um, I hope you enjoyed that ad. So now I want to touch a little bit on how the show was able to touch on the lack of equipment that the hospital was receiving. Um, They really highlighted the doctor's frustrations within not receiving masks and um, following certain protocols. They were really highlighting how things have changed within the hospital, especially when Richard Weber came back. It was important for them to show that also because for people that have watched Grey's Anatomy from the beginning, we feel like we're doctors and that we know what's going on on the show. We know when they need to do sutures and when someone has a tumor and to see them now not following proper protocol and speaking on it, they're trying to tell their audience, this is what has to be done now because of COVID-19. And um, I think it was brilliant when Richard Weber decided to create the UV lighting room for all of the masks because they were running low on masks. And they mentioned it more than twice that a lot of the doctors and nurses were wearing the same masks throughout the entire day, which of course we know is not normal. Um, So I feel like it was really important for them to um, touch on what's going on around the world with the hospitals. 
And we have to be able to sympathize with that more. And there has to be more that we can do. I'm sure it's different now, of course. But now that the numbers are spiking in real life, um, we need a lot of accessories. I want to touch on DeLuca because they had an intervention for him. And DeLuca, to me, last season when we left off, there was a lot going on with him, especially with him believing that he was going to turn out just like his father. But it does turn out um, that he was not bugging out. I don't know if you remember in last season, he noticed that there was a young girl and that was his patient. But he also believed that she was being sex trafficked and nobody believed him. And uh, he was a little irritable and he was bugging out a bit. So it made people not believe him even more. And they started to like place blame and, and stuff on him. But this season, they did realize that the young lady came back and she was sex trafficked for two years. Um, and she only wanted to communicate with him. I feel like that humanized him a little bit and brought him back Um at least showed us the type of doctor that he is going to be. I didn't take him very seriously until this season, I feel, because I thought they were just switching him into Meredith's love case, um, and they didn't do that. They're kind of giving him his own lane now, and I believe, mark my words, he might be a baby Meredith. He might be a baby Meredith. Um, or if not that, he might be a, a, our new Karev. He just may be our new Karev because they there is a moment between um, Meredith and him when and all of them, Richard as well, Bailey is in there when they have the intervention and they're letting him know that they just want to help him. But they are trying to help him by telling him what they're going through on their own. And he didn't care about that. And I kind of like that they added that in there. It was important for it to be said. Um, but Meredith sympathizing with him and saying, we just want, you know, to get you the help that you need so that you can come first for yourself finally, because he's always helping everyone else. I feel like they put a lot of, uh, a lot into perspective for me, um, because I didn't want DeLuca to take Derek's place, if that makes any sense. I didn't see him as a doctor. I didn't see him as a resident. I didn't see him as someone serious until he started going through these issues. And they gave him a real platform. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to him now. So DeLuca might be one of my favorites now. Um, also, the, the little relationship between he and Meredith, it's not the same anymore. Before, I felt like they were just throwing another man on her. Not that they do that regularly, but I thought that they were trying to give her a new love interest. And I feel like her and DeLuca were forced. So to see them coming back to just being friends, it makes more sense. Um, especially because she's his senior. Not that that's a problem, but not for Meredith Grey. I'm sorry. It's just, no. Also, I'm biased because no one is going to compete or compare to the dead Derek Shepard, McDreamy. Um, the scene with Meredith losing it in um, the, the room when she's going to get more supplies, I believe they really wanted to pay homage to the nurses and doctors that continuously keep losing patients. And they wanted to give us 
put us in the shoes of what it feels like to not be able to help and do anything more. Um, And I believe this has been happening in real life a lot. We've been losing so many people with coronavirus, um, but we, we only hear about it on the news or we hear doctors talk about it, but we don't actually know what goes on in their uh, environment. So to see it acted out, it makes you sympathize a little bit more. And um, my level of empathy, anytime Grey's Anatomy is on, has hits the sky. And Meredith really nailed that scene. I loved every moment of it. And I also genuinely love that they don't make her the center of every episode. Yes, she is my favorite character, but I think it's important that they do give every single character enough time. Everyone gets enough camera time. And that is so difficult to do with a show that is, of course, only one hour. Yesterday it was two, but to be able to see a little bit of each and um, not have one character do too much is really great. But I do know that something big is coming for Meredith. Um, I want to highlight Richard and Bailey's scene because for me, I've always looked at them as um, teacher-student who've who've come together but now I find them to be like genuinely family I've always thought they were family but they've always had like a little bit of a bickering situation or it's always a teaching moment I feel for the maybe the first or second time that Richard Weber now really feels confident in the person that he's mentored which is Bailey he has taught her absolutely everything that she knows from day one and now she's the chief and the way that she runs the hospital and I think he's just very impressed and proud and they're such a good team together Um, and I love the way that they combat with each other because when you think of friends you don't ever want anyone to you know step on your toes put you in your place no one likes tough love no one likes to tell someone when they're wrong or when they're doing something out of pocket but when richard and bailey do it i feel like there's always an underlying respect and um we need to see more people like them um it humanizes them and i I know it's just a show but you guys what we see is what we mimic so that was a beautiful scene and uh richard always comes out on top for me sometimes i think he's bugging out and he turns around with a 360 and then you have a uv room full of masks that are being sanitized hung on like a line and it's genius um so i'm wondering personally for that scene Is that something that other hospitals were doing in real life um, for them to use that in the scene on the show? Because I know that there are so many uh, different environments that don't have any masks or they're running low. And that was genius to see that. Um, So I have to mention um, in Station 19, there is a scene that happens where the firefighters Hughes goes and meets I think there's like a car on the side of the highway on the side of the road and there's about three or four kids there and their car broke down um then a really bad accident happens 
and one of the kids gets seriously injured. And the other kid as well, he ends up having like a piece of wood in his stomach. Now, the parents of these kids, one of the parents is pretty much breaking the COVID rules, allows his, allows parties, um, doesn't really wear masks that often, and let his kid basically go out with a couple of friends, which are all irresponsible decisions. And I feel that Grey's Anatomy was trying to tell us, like, here's what could happen. And then you have the other little boy who his father is overprotective and making sure that none of that is occurring. And um, I felt that something was going to happen because they have them in the pit outside, of course, uh, in the seating area waiting to find out what happened with their children and the accident. And they're afraid, of course. Parents worry. And the two fathers end up fighting because, you know, how dare you? You know, you let this happen. You let that happen. And they punched each other. And it was just a really unfortunate situation. Now, the father that ends up punching the other father, his son ends up dying. And the other son ends up living and getting through his surgery perfectly fine. So what you do see here is then the fathers come together later on in the scene. And I thought that was a really, really learning. It was a teaching moment um, because it shows that people still have humility and they're just afraid. They're going through this situation. Everyone's handling it differently. And to me, that's what Grey's Anatomy was calling out that we have to be responsible and we have to be there for one another and we have to empower and help one another, even though we may not agree at all times. And that scene where he find the other father overhears um, the father of the son that passed away, he overhears that happen and he doesn't ask if he needs help. He doesn't um, even care. He just walks up to him and you know, consoles this man. And I thought that was a very necessary scene. Um, and it shows the humility of people. Um, and Grey's Anatomy always likes to teach you something. There's always an underlying message. To me, it was the whole premise of the show was for us to have more empathy, to be more responsible, and to continue to love and live and to be hmm, safe, as simple as that, safe. Now I want to jump into Amelia and Link. Amelia and Link, I've grown to love them so much. I, I have been watching Amelia Shepard since private practice, and I love her character. To me, she has had the one of the most brilliant, positive character development. We all know that she was on drugs for a while. She has had a tumultuous life. Um, but now to see her be a doctor and a parent and she has the man and she's in love and she's happy. She doesn't have a tumor anymore. I, I think that is really beautiful. And I believe that the child's name is Derek Shepard Lincoln. But uh, my husband for a second thought that it was going to be Graham because she was opening the Graham crackers and 
that actually would have been great as well. Um, even though I don't like that name, but it would have been suitable, but it should always be Derek. Um, their relationship is doing well. It, they want to show you that they're on quarantine. Amelia forgets his birthday. But what I love about the moments that they showed between the both of them, it wasn't over the top, but it was definitely everything that we needed to see to catch up with them. Um, I'm sure in the next couple of episodes, we will see the real shit. But right now, they just wanted to let us know, hey, Amelia and Link are good. They have their sex life. They're living together. They have like a whole moment going on. I, I'm loving them right now. And yeah, there wasn't really a lot on them, but I'm sure I'm sure it'll they'll jump into it soon. Um, one thing I want to highlight about Jackson and Richard. Uh, Richard and Catherine Fox are obviously split up and they're having a serious moment. Um, and having Jackson come in, they did like a little foreshadowing. Uh, they went back to the past for a second and highlighted a moment between Richard and Jackson where Jackson finally tells him, you know, my mother is all of these things. I agree with you. I know that you, well, let me say what Jackson, um, what Richard actually says. So Richard admits to Jackson that he was seeing another woman, but not in a direct way. He was friendly with another woman. They had no physical, um, any type of physicalities. They didn't really, he didn't flirt. The woman for sure did. I mean, in my opinion, when I saw it, if you remember last season, uh, she was definitely flirtatious. She was definitely pining for him. I feel that he just felt enamored and wanted to roll with the punches because he wasn't getting it from Catherine. Now, while I do feel that that is not okay, I do see why he did that. And um, Jackson surprisingly wasn't upset with him, but he did put him in his place and he let her know. He let him know how he felt about it. And I want Richard and Jackson to bond more because Richard never had a son and you never get to see or know too much ever since. I don't know. I, I can't even tell you what season it was, probably season nine or ten. Uh, where Jackson goes to visit his father, you never hear about that again. So to see them have a bonding moment um, is really beautiful. And I, I hope to see that continue. I would like to see them do surgeries together or have a, a nice little powwow again. It was a good scene. It was a great scene. Um, also, it's what got Weber and Dr. Dr. Catherine Fox back together because Maggie ended up being the one to put Catherine Fox in her place and let her know how she's feeling and what she thinks. And that was 1000% necessary as well, um, which allowed them to then make up and get back together. I don't think they should be endgame ever. They're really good together. And I really like to see that outcome. Um, <laughs> Let's jump into the the last few minutes. Okay, you guys. So lastly, I want to touch on the last few minutes of the show. 
Um, Meredith has been working her ass off and she's basically half asleep, um, sitting down like by an iPad, probably doing, taking a moment for herself. And, um, we have, what's his name? DeLuca. DeLuca comes over and asks if she needs anything. And he's telling her the importance of getting rest and sleep and, I, I can only imagine how important that would be, especially for the doctors and the nurses when they're working so, 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 so hard and um, overwhelmed, of course, with coronavirus. So she finally gives in and she's like, you know what, I'll go get some rest. I genuinely thought that was it. They were going to cut scene, go somewhere else, something else would happen. <laughs> no. So then uh, camera flashes, it's the next scene, and Meredith collapses in the parking lot as she's leaving. Immediately, I just thought that she probably fainted from not eating or anything like that. And then it jumps back to a nice glowy scene. And this is the scene where the show started, where she is sitting down in like Indian style on the sands overlooking the beach. And a, there's like a boardwalk behind her. It feels like an endless beach. She's completely by herself. I didn't even see a, a house in sight. That's one of the first things that I paid attention to. So you can tell that they wanted to let us know that she was secluded. Um, in this moment, with the way that the camera looked and the minute that the camera started turning in another direction, hmm, you then see hands just waving in the air and immediately immediately I lost it like I get um, my hands are clammy right now and I get emotional just talking about it but Derek Shepard our McDreamy our forever is back on the show I don't know for how long but they definitely gave the people what they have wanted for years, you guys. And I thought I was watching things for a second. I said, is this real? Did they use like a hologram? What did they do? But this is real. Um, obviously, they want to let us know that she is in, in, in some sort of afterlife. There's something that occurs where she's in some sort of illusion with the love of her life and she gets to see him again and she tells him I miss you and he says Meredith I know and oh my god then they start like he starts walking to her and poof that's where it ends you guys I'll see you next week for season two season 17 episode two I can't even do anymore I'm too excited let me know what you guys think. Please, please, please leave me messages. Click the link in my bio and it says you can leave a message for me. I will be able to add it to the podcast for next week to answer your questions or just leave me a statement on what you thought and you will be featured on next week's podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Grey's Anatomy After Show Episode 1 is done.